Hello and welcome to In Lockdown With, a podcast where I, playwright Kieran Fitzgerald, chats to emerging, established and experienced artists in the fields of theatre, film, television, dance and drama, from Wales and beyond, to find out more about their careers and to see how they've been coping during the coronavirus pandemic. Expect laughs, gossip, and an insight into the careers of some of Wales's best-known creatives. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the In Lockdown With podcast with me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Today my guest is the artistic director of Cumnia Van Wen, Gethin Evans. Hi Geth, how's things? Hello Kieran, I'm very well. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all right, the sun is shining. Yeah. Um, and it's Friday, so it's very good. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. You dealing with lockdown all right? I think it's about questioning and adapting kind of what we do as theatre makers and like how can we still do it if we can't actually be in the theatre. How do you deal with that practically? Yeah, oh. and how do you, you know, we're very, we're lucky in a sense that a lot of the projects that we're working on quite early in their process, so it's also going, how do we build that flexibility into the creative process? Right, okay. Um, yeah. I want to start where I kind of always start with these podcasts. You know, we went straight into like lockdown yeah, we did. Um, but I want to ask you, how did you first get interested in theatre? Um, I, 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 I wish I could remember, um, but, I, but I don't. Um, I was always really into performing, I think, and I think I was really lucky in the way that lots of us are, uh, particularly in like Welsh language education, mm. that... Did you compete regularly? Yeah, but it was more like I competed a lot in like the choirs and I competed in like Tanakdong. Right. And whenever the Stansbod came to 
I do, I take part in like the opening ceremony shows and stuff like that, you know. Um, and it just, I just, I told someone about it yesterday actually. It plays such a huge, huge part in, or it played, I can't speak for everyone, it played such a huge part in my involvement in the arts. And, and the teachers, I think, that, that taught me were just incredible. And like in, in A level, I, th- I took drama, but I was the only one. So they ran the whole A level course with just me doing it like all of that stuff just that, that commitment to to the arts was really strong how was lucky. that like doing your drama a level like when it was just you <laughs> it was great because it turned into like seminar based and it turned into research based and they were like we, it wouldn't be like set stuff it felt much more like uni in some ways of being right. given like a reading list and like being sent references and sources and being challenged to write something and responding to that to make lots of stuff and then being mentored through it more than being taught through it, um, which felt great. And then and then I went and then I got um, I did National Youth Theatre as well, National Youth Theatre of Wales, which mm. you know you find your tribe and that was a huge huge part as well in in that. Was it kind of at that point you kind of thought this is what I want to be doing? My, my siblings are all teachers or um, working like outdoors and my mum was a teacher and my dad's a farmer and it was the idea of a career in the arts was totally was, was something very very new and different to my whole family so it's interesting actually that from quite an early on a early age I knew I wanted to do something in it I knew I wanted to go into it but I never really I knew I knew I didn't really want to be an actor right. um, Directing wasn't even really something on my radar. I think I always knew that I was more interested in the in the making process and the collaborative making process, and so that really fed into the the um, the degree which I decided to go and do. Where did you go to uni? So I went to Uni of South Wales. I went to the atrium and did the Welsh language BHS course. Right. Which really fed from that like collaborative devised theatre, ensemble-based, laboratory practising ideas and skills, taught by um, Sarah Moore Williams, who was amazing, Lisa Lewis and Gannon Williams, who were just phenomenal, phenomenal teachers who come from a place of quite like experimental, expressive, process-led theatre, which totally was what I wanted. Um, And it, it really just made me hungry for that real live work, that live experience. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. Did it kind of make you, I don't know, like give you a sense of scope of what your career could be, being at USW? Did you kind of see opportunities when you were there that changed your, your view on what theatre was or what theatre could be? Skills of directing, which was a whole 
is a whole new it was a whole new thing to me yeah um, and again I just met some amazing people who, who gave me some incredible opportunities um, like Maddox Wayne was the first who just went come and sit in my room come and sit in the Maravos room and just sit she was great and then Alan Bowman who I know has done so much for so many artists in Wales um, said I could come and hang out in her rehearsal room and she even found and Maddox did actually they managed to find a little bit of money to pay for me to be there um, and I learned so much from that from being with with those two and then from that got a gig at Sherman assisting Rachel Reardon on a season of her work um, mm. assisted on an NTW show and met some amazing people there as well Lisa McGuire there has given me some incredible opportunities as well um, and then went from that assisting kind of role to like the associate role on stuff to then directing stuff and did you take a lot from the things that Rachel did, for example, and applied them to your practice. Yeah, loads. Loads and loads and loads from all of them, from all of those different directors. And then uh, from doing all of that assisting, it was kind of feeding into my own practice and my own work, and I was stealing all the little bits that I knew that I wanted or I liked, and I was like, that was really cool, I really loved mm. that exercise, I'll steal that. Or having lunch and being able to kind of go to Alan, like, what were you doing in that exercise? Like, what was that? What are you trying to get at? And, and everyone was so generous with their time and with their their expertise. Um, and then from putting it into my own practice, I felt like I was starting to develop like the, my own voice. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there was a point where that really clicked for me, which is when I started working in projects that combined participatory and professional elements. And I think we're so, we're so ingrained, like, in, uh, immersed in that in Wales, any that kind of amateur and professional sits so so closely that I'm I'm really yeah. interested in where those things meet, and mm. so taking all of these different uh, processes with people and applying it to that practice felt really exciting. Doing that with Cumi Plian, which I'd set up um, mm. with Algan before then going to uh, I went to London assisted on Public Acts, which is a, a big participation um, project run by the National Theatre and a director called Emily Lim and I learned so much there as well before coming back. So yeah. Cool. I think I, I, think I, I, think I learned about directing and my love for directing through actually sitting in some brilliant, brilliant female director's rooms. That, that's awesome. It's really cool that you can kind of like pinpoint it like that. And like um, in terms of your process does it kind of vary depending on the project that you're working on um do you kind of like a very kind of participatory process between you as the director and the actors that you're working with yeah i think it changes every time and i learn more every day and every project and so applying constant new stuff in so it does change every time um, but the things which I think are probably consistent are that um, that that collaborative shared goals approach with with cast with creative teams mm. um, and it, I guess it's different because I, I, I kind of work between participatory processes new writing and then kind of uh, conceptual approaches to classic texts. Okay. So, so they're all quite different, but to, I think what I'm most interested in is that collaborative approach to something, even with new writing, especially with new writing. I love that at the minute I'm working on a few new plays. It's it's such a collaborative way of developing the, the concept and the idea and the story and the character mm. and gesture. Um, with others, I think that the... The, the art is in that collaboration and the meeting of people's practices um, and in the exchange of those practices. Um, that's one thing that I always, I'm always trying to strive for. Um, whilst also setting clear parameters, I do also be going, this is the world which we're in, the goal that, and I remember there's a couple of directors who I learned this from actually, and going, this is, this is the world we're in, this is the concept, this is, this is what we're exploring. Yeah. And within that, there's so much for us to share and find and co-create and co-interrogate. So doing it framework then, I guess. 
Okay. Yeah. Could have been so easy to get bogged down in that text, but you what you did, I guess, was kind of distilled that into one key idea and ran with that idea and tried to convey that both you and and the other facilitators who worked on the project tried to boil that down into one idea and convey that to the young people that you were working with. And in those processes, I'm, I'm there to facilitate that process and go, okay, let's let's explore that point of interest that you have with it, and I'll, I'll support the, the exploration of that, and then find a way to kind of tie all those interpretations into one concept. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a mix of like like facilitating the space for the process, but ensuring that everybody's engagement with it, and the way that they meet the concept and meet the text is is where the kind of the meat is. I see what you mean. And it can be difficult to do that if you're in a room with 30 or 40 young actors, I guess, as you were on those yeah. two. But you I also can... love, I love, I love the, um, the unpredictableness of, of making theatre. And I love the, yeah. the setting up of environments to play. I mean, it comes back to Tom Thumb and play one of six. But um, <laughs> it's like being able to set those environments up to play and that's what Hamlet's felt like and even then when I look at something which is a which is a text coming into a room and my job is to take that text into a into a live piece of theatre with mm. something like Wolf. That was so about play and improvisation and exploration outside of the text and then how it feeds into it. I see what you mean. So, so that element yeah. of play is always really Uh, I'd like to talk about how Glian started now. So how did the collaboration with Elgandris develop? How, how did you meet first of all? So Alex did the same course as me. Right. Uh, but he was a couple of years younger than me. Um, and so, actually I don't know if we were there at the same time. I think I'd left. Or was he in first year when I was in third? I can't remember, I'll have to ask him. Um, but I left and had been assisting a bit along the way yeah. afterwards and Elg's left and had started a project the first show that we had did was Flags Voice and um, he wanted to develop it further outside of uni because um, the, the final project you did was you devised your own kind of piece of work yeah. and he wanted to take it further so was uh, was it was amazing and he got an arts council grant with, at, at such an early stage and um, asked if I'd come and direct it I was like yeah great and we did and um, it was great it was really fun I learned a lot it was so stressful um, and so hard because I'd never done it before um, and directing is really difficult and um, we did that and then we were really really passionate about that kind of work which was kind of bilingual device bringing together lots of kind of movement and and bilingual text and mm. live music and going actually what what can this be um so for off the back of life we went let's let's carry on let's do another and so we set up the end and it was honestly like i can't stress enough that that finding other people who have shared creative interests and ambitions at such an early stage and going let's figure this out together let's play yeah. let's get in a room and find out what we can do and then try and push that forwards and we were really um, we were really rigorous actually and, and invited lots of people into the room to give us feedback which was 
always brutal but always helpful. Mm. Um, and and I think we, we just we just we just had a, we found a re- we still we're still we're collaborating on a new play now actually, and I think he's amazing. He's such an exciting contemporary writer and maker, and to find that other person when I was twenty three and he was twenty one or whatever it was. Yeah. Ago, And were there any artistic differences between you and Aragon that took kind of negotiation or working out? Keep finding those people though. It's like developing those creative relationships. Where are they and how do you find your people, I guess? Yeah. I mean you've met Lowe's Kieran, how do you how do you find yours? I I think it's about putting yourself in environments where people like you are. You know, like going to if there's a project like Hamlet, for example, putting yourself out there meeting people. And then from that, you know, following it up, building those friendships, first of all, I guess. And then seeing, oh, I actually, I want to do more than that. I want to make work with you. And it can be hard to, like, just decide, right, we're going to make some work. But I think when it works and when you click with someone, you just know. I don't know if that was kind of similar with you and Alex. Yeah, I think it was. I think there's a few other artists who I've met along the way who I now like love working with and consider them as collaborators who I love working with and will and, and cannot wait to work with again. Because you just you find those people where you share a language and you share artistic um, uh, you share artistic ambitions. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Definitely. Uh, what was it like being the bilingual company in residence at the Sherman, uh, where you created Mags? And how important was that space and that time that you were given by the Sherman? It was, yeah, did you see Mags, Kieran? Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. And have been so supportive because at the same time as we were um, company in residence there, I I got a job there as the part time associate director, which then went to the full time associate director. So they were just like they were they were like Rachel O'Riordan and Junior Barry and loads of other amazing staff who I met there, just ploughed me with like the most incredible opportunities and mm. um, and training opportunities. And they were leaps. They were they were big leaps for me in terms of like what I've done before. But they put faith in me, and be that through as the associate there being given a gig to to to, to direct a piece of your writing or to run an yeah. development program, or um, with Plien giving us space and good box office deals to um, and, and and loads of stuff in kind to be able to make our own work. Then, so I felt like I'm like. They were kind of they were kind of double teaming me and like going, here's they they were putting loads of time and energy into the development of like my, my skill and my craft in mm-hmm. one hand, 
and then through being the associate of that, whilst also giving like these opportunities to just chug on to those next step levels, and then also giving me time and space to explore my own voice through something like Clear. Um, so they were great. They were really brilliant, and I still have a really great relationship with Sherman. I'm so excited about what Joe is doing now. Um, I, I think it's a it's 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 a huge it's a it's a building and organisation of huge huge importance to us. Definitely, especially we need that in Wales. Especially yeah. now that the the tree manager post is being refilled. Yeah. We, we haven't got one in Wales, and we desperately need that. Um, but yeah. it's great to hear the support you felt that you received and that encouragement was so vital to these kind of emerging companies to flourish and then go on to, to achieve more things, to have yeah. that support. Yeah, and it was really hard, it was a lot of work. Like, yeah. Drive, yeah. drive. They, they really drove like my practice and me as an individual, um, and I learned so much from that, and I, I value it so much. As well as yeah. you know, it felt like a really big shift in the work I was making, and then another big shift came when I went and, and assisted some other people. But yeah, it was a, it's, it's a mm. that time at Sherman as associate and as uh, company president was huge, and then I got to go back like eighteen months later to do right. I want to talk about that now, like, um, like when you first read the script, what were your initial feelings about it, and what was it like as a piece to direct, because as I understand it, I, I didn't see it, but it's two monologues, isn't it? Right. But before that, in the first kind of three quarters of it, it's duologues essentially that are running through it. Um, it's so interesting because you, you had so insecure. You asked me what was it like to read it the first time. Um, when I first read it, it was, I think it was, Elg submitted it to an artist development program while I was at Sherman when we were looking for new Welsh language writers. And he developed it, I think it was like 20 pages, and it was a totally different play. But then it was developed over about 18 months of right. work on it. And we got in a room, uh, we, did, we did like three or four R&Ds on it. Um, with, with the same actors did the three R&Ds, so Sean Evan and Alec Patrick did all the R&Ds. And then for the production, Al did it, and then the brilliant Bedwin Pierce came and, and did it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I knew, I feel like I, me and Alex developed it in a way that was more traditional in a way than what we've done with Cleon, where it's solely devised. Right. We were still collaboratively developing it, and Alex was responding constantly um, to notes throughout that time. So, was um, there more of a clear relationship, clear like writer director relationship than there had yeah. been on previous pieces? Yeah. For the first time when we had Alex, actually, we were Scenes, piece, there's pages 
where there's just one word on it. Like his, his away, he he formats the play on the page is really interesting. And the mid scene when mid the scene in the middle of the play when they've both been out on a huge bender, uh, the words are literally all over the page. Like they're oh wow. So if, if, really if the actors are reading it, going, "Whoa, where's this going?" Like literally, the the, 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 the brain is having to go, the eyes are having mm, to go where mm. the characters is. So playing with all of that was so fun, and, and, and leaving the text for a couple of days and just improvising and exploring outside of the text, and we find so many, we found so many beautiful moments and connections between the actor and, and, the, and the and the characters through that. Was there any danger that it could have been quite static? And we, how, how did you kind of try to avoid that if you were aware of that? Well, we did it in the round. Right. Which means you can't be static too long, because people behind you'll get bored and go, I can't see. Mm. Um, but that was one thing about placing it in a ring, like a, like a, like a, like a fighting ring. Mm. Um, so that was, it couldn't be for that reason, but also the way that Elves writes, it, it goes at a lick, and the scenes are actually very quick. Um, and he jumps time quite a lot, so there's lots of very, very sharp dramatic shifts of, of energy and time, which lends itself to an active space. Um, so I didn't actually, in that, if anything, mm. it was it was allowing it to be still, because okay. because it went so quick, um, and events were flying through it, so actually we were grounding it at certain points and going, it's okay, it's And managing the pace, I guess, like trying to control the pace of the play. Yeah, and physicalize it and go, actually, there's so much movement in it that it doesn't need loads Yeah, I get that. I guess that helps, not just you as a director, but the the actors identify with the characters and helps in the characterization and the development of that. Yeah, and opening up and as in like finding mm. connections and stuff. Because the other thing on that project was I worked with Sam Jones, who I've worked with a few times now. Um, he worked on Hamlet too, not Yeah, um, was he on Us Proclaimed as well? No, that was Eddie who did Max. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I remember Eddie. So, Eddie I've worked with a couple of times, and then Sam I've worked with a few times, and uh, Sam was on Wolf, and I, I loved working with him on Wolf, because it was such a kind of uh, uh, collaborative, I guess, relationship mm -hmm. on the Sam world which we were building. Fab. Uh, you're now the artistic director of Community of Ironman. Christian Pathetoy. Um, how, how did that come about? And um, when, when you first became AD, what, what other changes did you make or how did you kind of try and put your own stamp on the company? Um, Brownman, so I've been, I've only been on Brownman for six months. Um, I started in November. So it's right. So I, uh, they, they Brownman advertised for an artistic director, mm. um, and I went for the job because I knew that I wanted to work in Wales. I knew I wanted to make more work. I'm really interested in making work with young people and for young people, mm. um, and, and the role that that can play within uh, young people's lives, as well as actually making Welsh language theatre that is genuinely relatable and exciting to young audiences. I think is uh, something I'm really, really excited about. Um, especially in the Welsh language. And, and Ramwen has such an amazing reputation of working with 
professionals and participants. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a really, really exciting place to go and explore that relationship between the two things. Um, and I was, I was lucky enough to get the job, and um, I love it. It's, it's a total new challenge, but it's really exciting. In terms of the changes which I've made, yeah. uh, they haven't fully... They're in evolution, but also the biggest change that's happened is, is COVID-19. Yes. So the world may change for me because it kind of, it's kind of obviously changed everything. Um, yeah. So we're working within that, that parameter. But I'm really excited by Bramwen's ambition to have a youthful voice in Welsh language theatre. And we have a young company and I'm really interested in, continuing to place that young company at the centre of all of Brownline's activity. So be that programming, be that play development, be that whatever, be that in the programme as well. So there's several projects which are in the line, in pipeline for right. the young company to explore with. Um, and so that, that is, the, is the beating heart of Brownline. Is it kind of slightly kind of uh, dissolving that line between quote-unquote professional work and the work that the young company is creating and kind of enmeshing them together. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what's happening, yeah. As well as there's some being some projects which which will be touring productions which will be produced by creative team and cast and professionals, but that right. will be inspired by things which have come from our young company um, and from the work that we do out in communities with lots of different young people um, and that way it's really interesting to Kieran you did it in, 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 in Birds of Commerce for, for professionals yeah. and it's I'm really excited by the blurring of the line between professional participatory but also holding professionalism and skill and craft up as well and going right working with some like some of these artists like like Elves like Sadie Davis like Nia Lynn and just some of the most phenomenal artists mm. um, so excited to be working with people like that. Um, and and they... All of them, they're so excited and placing that with, with our young company and other participation kind of programmes is really exciting. And people like Nia and Alex and Cyril will inspire your young people and develop their skills. And you get develop their skills to increase, you know, their competence and their ability as artists as well. Oh. And the young people will inspire those artists mm. more than more than more than we know as well, um, which which is so exciting. That genuine sharing of experience and celebrating of all levels of artistry, I think, is really exciting. You're currently working on twelve oh nine sixty. Is that how you say it? Yeah, you can say yeah, yeah. Die- yeah. Cool. Uh, with the young company Blown Run, uh, which is kind of a piece of digital online theatre. How's it going? Like, how's it? Uh, yeah. It's great. It just, it just holds, it holds the roller coaster that it is right now. Like, yeah. And the concept. We, we, so, Brownman does a production with its young company every summer. Um, mm. We had one in line to do this summer, but obviously COVID happened, and we decided that um, that we would do it anyway, and that we would find a way to do it uh, because it felt really important, and it felt like bringing this young company or keeping this young company still being able to connect um, during this time felt really important when mm-hmm. kind of school was dissolving around um, and, and social events were dissolving around. So going actually, let's still do this. And it's been it's been great. It's been a real opportunity to explore like time, actually, and mm. what the overwhelming kind of sense that, that came quite quickly from the young company was like um, that what COVID has done has meant that those things which structure time have gone. So school has gone. Yeah. Weekends, day weekdays has gone. So their relationship to time. Uh, as has all of our relationships at time, has slightly shifted. And so it feels like an interrogation of that. 
um, we're working online through Zoom at the minute. And yeah. The production will be streamed through three different platforms onto um, onto YouTube Live. And, and kind of making theatre when you can't be in the theatre, when the actors are not in the same room, uh, stylistically, um, what are those, how are you going about that? Yeah. To still make sure it's theatrical, because from what I've seen, based on the kind of theatre that's been created in lockdown, there's a lot of monologues, but how do you kind of go beyond that and kind yeah. of make it, Monologues are interesting, but you know, make it more dynamic and more interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really interesting because there, there, there's a, there is an element which, um, what I'm what I've learned or I'm finding really interesting from this process is like looking at the elements which make a live piece of theatre, which we make in a room, and looking at how they can be transfer transferred onto this onto this platform. Yeah, some of it can't, and some of it shouldn't be because we make live performance for a reason. Um, but then some of it can, and what we're exploring at the minute, it's like you experienced with, with Hamlet's Kieran, that like there's a toolbox of stuff, but there's an ensemble being built. Mm-hmm. There is a toolbox which every participant holds, and then there's a structure to go through, and you draw that toolbox through improvisation and through impulse and through um, action and reaction. And basically we're looking at building that same thing. So there's an element of, freedom and playfulness and improvisation within a kind of set structure is, is what we're going for. And so that might be that um, uh, through deciding to, to join into the game, into this screen, into this world, but you decide to take the audience on a run because you're taking your phone with you and you're taking us yeah. on that journey. Now another participant might decide to see that and counter it with a monologue that they've written or a duologue they've written yeah. with someone else around doing nothing in lockdown. <clears throat> so it's how we're taking time uh, and playing with it and going um, arming the young company with, with their own material to then improvise through a structure. Yeah. So bringing that live element, the, the set and the free, the loose and kind of the improvised and the, and the set and allowing that level of freedom and play through this platform as well, which is really hard, and it's a total new world yeah. going, how does this work? But it's really exciting. And I guess you're still discovering that and still evolving that. And like you said yeah. before about play and exploration, it's about that. And see, there are going to be things, I guess, which are not going to work, but it's about seeing what does work and what is theatrical or yeah. performative. Yeah does bring parameters and so it's going okay what do those parameters allow us to do actually how do we play with those they're rules in the game so how do we play with them but in theatre there are parameters like so it's the same thing really in a way if you look at it that way in theatre there are parameters that you've got and in this there are parameters the parameters are different so it's about it's easy for me to say this, I'm not relating this project. There's like, there are parameters in all mediums of performance, I guess. Yeah, there are. You're totally right. You're totally, you're totally right. Uh, it's just that they're different parameters. Mm. So it's learning those parameters and going, how do we play within these very specific ones? I'm really looking forward to seeing it. When can, when can people see it? It's quite, it's quite, I think there's, 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 there's 29 young people as part of the company. Yeah. So doing all that digitally is really exciting. And it's, mm. a, it's an exploration of time with that 29 young people and how time has kind of shifted. Uh, I'm gonna, we're coming to the end. But uh, in terms of working with young people, you work quite extensively with. Ron Wan and Russell Mess in recent years with young people. 
what are the challenges that are different to when you're developing work with um, professional actors who maybe have more experience and what do you do differently as a director in those situations? I love working with, with young people. Um, I, absolutely, I absolutely love it because there's um, an element of... In terms of what I do with both, it's very yeah. similar, actually. Um, it's slight differences in process, yes. And it's when we work with young people, or when I work with young people, it is much more young, young person-led. Um, in that sense, and um, I see myself very much as a facilitator in those processes to frame the work which is being created by young people, um, and to facilitate what they want to say, what these young people want to kind of put out into the world. Um, what I love about working with young people is that when when you when the ensemble is being built and the ensemble has an element of trust in it, and you know this from lesson to lesson, yeah. it literally means that anything's possible. Um, and you can you can really go to some very very interesting places because that trust is there between this kind of ensemble of young people who are working mm. together beyond one show. So when you work with professionals in this country, often you know your that cast exists for one production. Yeah. Um, what's so exciting about something like a young company is you're saying you're working with a repertory ensemble. You're mm. making a show, but that's not the end of it. It's like the beginning of the next one. It's just a notch in like a yeah. Developing process and practice. But then we we had that with us for claims with us at last. We had that relationship. We all knew each other. But with Hamlet, I don't know if it was the same in John Wan and Cloyd, but it was a new group of young people being brought together to create work. So there's additional challenges there, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, that was really yeah. We had Fluid, Newport and Cardiff with Matt at the Max kind of um, overseeing. And uh, with each hub they were kind of developing mini mini ensembles and mini hubs of Hamlets. And then we all came together twice for two weekends. And um, there was two things happening there in the development of the ensemble as well as the development of the material. Mm -hmm. And then that felt like it was happening constantly but that we were then allowing the ensemble to kind of, to, to, flood, to, to go, to be mm. unleashed and to, to, to do its thing and then come back. So you're right, in that case it was different because we were building a new ensemble. Um, but also with, with, with when working with young people, it's so, it, it can be so, um, you, you can cover ground quite quickly. Mm. Um, Is there a case of they're not being paid to be there? They really want to be in that room. They really want to be there. Or am I just kind of... I've been really lucky because the actors I've worked with have been absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, yes, they're being paid to be there, but they're also just phenomenal artists with amazing, amazing practice. Mm. Um, I, I think with young people, when we work with young people with these projects, there's a mission to it. There's a, yeah. there's a collective mission and a collective goal. And and if I do my job properly, everyone's bought into that and everyone has ownership over it. And so we go on that journey together um, and discover so much along the way. Brilliant. Um, my last question is this. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's just starting out in the industry, what would it be? Um, it would be to, oh gosh, it's a good question. Uh, it would be, well, okay, so it's hard because the world has changed since I started. So, you mm. know, we still got all those opportunities. Like, they're still there, but they, it, it has changed. Um, In what sense would you say? 
before I got to those kind of paid roles of assisting. Oh, yeah. Just let me come and hang out back. Oh. I was so, so, so generous with their time. And so I would say to my advice, I think, would be to see as, I mean, it's, well, it's great now because it's all online. But like, <laughs> to see as much work as you can. To find yeah. the work that excites you. Um, and do that through reading, through watching theatre, like to, to embrace your own voice in it and, and through watching theatre and seeing other people's work and um, see how, if you can, being in other people's rehearsal rooms and the way that people are working. Have, if you can get a coffee with some people who you really love their work and go, can I pick your brain on this? And just steal all those little bits, write them all down and find time and space for you to be able to develop your own voice through all of those things. And the first yeah. part of that is having the confidence to just send an email to someone you admire, I guess. Yeah, and to know that there are development programmes out there for artists, like this, especially in where you know, Sherman does have them, Theatre again do have them, yeah. we have them, they're actually coming out again in a few weeks. So to, 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 to put in for those, to send that email going, thinking of putting in for this, this is what I'm thinking of putting in, how does it sound? Um, and to take those opportunities to try it, to, to, to develop your craft and yeah. your voice. And I think those two things going hand in hand is really interesting, that one doesn't negate the other. You, you, to find those things, you develop your skill and craft whilst also going, this is my unique voice, this is what excites me, this is what I'm interested in, and so yeah. I never apologise for that. Thanks, guys. This has been brilliant talking Thank to you. Thank you for your time. Um, I'll catch you on the next episode of In Lockdown With. Thank you for listening. Thanks to my guest, Gethin Evans. Um, and look out for that um, Van Ren project, uh, which is going to be on YouTube. So I'll see you for the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Lockdown With. The podcast is written, produced and curated by me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Thank you to all my guests for taking the time to appear on the show. If you enjoyed this episode of In Lockdown With, please consider liking or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another interview.